Yeah, and it's it's so interesting because you know whether you're selling in person or teaching in person, um, it's always different. It's always a learning opportunity, and every time you do that, you take some lessons away that you apply to the next time that you do it, and so it just always feels like a really rich, um, really valuable way to spend time, and then you can get better at it and. Um, so I enjoy that whole learning process as well. Welcome to Peak Pyrography, the wood-burning podcast, where we discuss artistry and process with creators in the wood-burning and pyrography community. I'm your host, Justine Fetty. I was introduced to wood-burning in 2020, and I haven't put down my burner since. My guest today is B. Locke of B. Symmetry Designs. She is an incredible artist. Her designs feature intricate, nature-inspired, symmetric designs, as you might expect from someone with a business name like B-Symmetry. She creates designs on all types of surfaces for all types of uses, including basswood, cherry, and leather, for uses like wall hangings, necklaces, and earrings. On top of that, she's a leading teacher in the wood-burning community. Her book, Creative Woodburning, is one of the best books that I've found featuring different burning techniques for realistic designs. Beyond her book, she's been creating courses for a while now and recently launched the Creative Woodburning School with tutorials on a plethora of topics, including her latest course, Craft Your Biz. Originally a 12-week paced course for anyone who wanted to grow their handmade hobby into the creative career of their dreams, now the recordings are available for purchase so you can take the class at your own pace. I'll include an affiliate link down in the show notes, and for you listeners of the podcast, you can get 10% off any course at the Creative Woodburning School through the end of 2023 with code PEAKPYRO, that's P-E-A-K-P-Y-R-O, all caps. And now, without further ado, let's hear from the incredible B-Lock. And today on the podcast, we have B-Lock from B-Symmetry. Hi, B. How's it going today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Where are you coming from? Coming here from today? Uh, I am in Western North Carolina, and it's a beautiful spring day. That's amazing. That's amazing things going pretty well out your way yeah um you know keeping busy as usual <laughs> so um there's there's always lots to do but um it's going very well and and you are online at b symmetry and people can find you online uh, on your website at bsymmetry.com that is correct yeah bsymmetry.com is really my hub so anything else that I offer, you can find through there. And and one of the big things you're offering right now is your classes. You've got you've started a school. Yes. So um, the Creative Wood Burning School is um, where I offer all of my educational materials that are all wood burning related for the most part. Um, and yeah, so online courses have uh, been a new addition um, the past couple of years, and it's been really fun to create some of that online educational content for the people who don't live nearby and want to learn about the art of wood burning. So. Are you the only teacher at the Creative Wood Burning School? Yeah, it's all me. It's all you. And Creative yeah. Wood Burning is the name of your book, so that's kind of all in line with what you do. Indeed, yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. 
Um, so, and, and for listeners of the podcast, um, you guys can get 10% off any of B's classes using the code peak pyro. That's capital, all capitals, P E A K P Y R O. Um, and I will include an affiliate link in the show notes for you to get into any of her classes if you're interested in that. Um, so what are you working on right now? Is the school the main project that you've got going? Um, I've usually got kind of multiple tendrils and different things. Um, but right now my biggest project is, um, another big course that I've been creating all spring long. It's called craft your biz and, um, it's through the creative wood burning school and it's, um, it's not actually specifically wood burning related, but it's, um, it's a course for anyone who has a handmade hobby such as wood burning. Um, and they want to turn that into a business. And so, uh, it takes the person through the entire process of how to do that, uh, because I've been through that process. So, um, so that's been a 12 week thing. I've been releasing one module every week and I've got a bunch of students in there. And so that's been really awesome. But it's been a big undertaking. And yeah, that's a lot of work, left. weekly stuff. Yeah, it is. So I've been I've been doing that and um, just, you know, some of the behind the scenes things of running my business and keeping up with a few um, wholesale orders and um, gearing up for some craft shows coming up in the spring and summer. So that's really all my main projects right now. That that's a lot. That's a lot you've got going on. It's plenty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Are, are there some of those that you find you enjoy spending more time on than others? Um, well, the, the good thing about having so many different aspects to my business is that I never get bored. Um, cause there's always like different things to be working on. Um, but I, I do obviously enjoy the creative process and, and actually being able to make art, um, which is the whole reason why we're here in the first place. Yeah. Um, so that, that is very enjoyable. It's the best part of my business. But I really love teaching, too. So I'm, it's been really fun to get uh, more into the teaching aspect. And um, I've been doing some in-person classes as well this year. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. I've heard those ones are a lot of fun to do. They are. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because, you know, whether you're selling in person or teaching in person, um, it's always different. It's always a learning opportunity. And every time you do that, you take some lessons away that you apply to the next time that you do it. And so it just always feels like a really rich, um, really valuable way to spend time and then you can get better at it. And, um, so I enjoy that whole learning process as well. Are, are there any, any learning experiences that kind of come to the front of your mind that you're like, Oh, everyone should know this one. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess as far as like, uh, selling in person, you know, every craft show is, is different and, um, you really learn your target audience so intimately. And this is something that, um, 
we've we've gone over in craft your biz all about um, in-person selling craft show selling and all the intricacies involved in that and setting up for that preparing for that and then the whole customer service aspect because it's completely different than selling online <clears throat> um but it yeah you just you get that real-time feedback from people and you get to observe them you know reacting live to your work and it's you know it's there's some vulnerability involved with sure showing people what you've created and and then seeing whether they like it or whether they want to buy it and you know give up their hard-earned money for it and um the things that they say and stuff so anyway it's just great um i i love that and i always encourage everyone to you know definitely do some in-person shows to to get that um feedback experience that that sounds like fun to to see those reactions live it's not just somebody like sending in that request online to buy a single piece but you get to kind of watch the whole process there yeah absolutely and you know it it actually helps you sell your um products online because you'll you'll get to see um what the impulse buy items are, what things sell at what price points, what things sell the most frequently. You know, you can really lean into like your best sellers and stuff and you find that out by selling at a craft show where you have like a wide variety of different individuals who are just like walking by and you have to entice them by <laughs> by having cool you know, pieces your and presentation. So, yeah. Yeah. That that's fun, that's interesting. So let's take a step back real quick. When did you start wood burning or maybe start on your artistic journey yeah artistic journey um I guess has been my whole life um so you know <laughs> it's that that cliche of um you know always being into art when I was a kid always wanted to be an artist and um that was never really a path that was encouraged by all of the practical people in my life <laughs> and um so anyway, it, it, it was definitely a journey um, to get to where I am now, where I have a full-time art career. But um, I, I learned about wood burning in 2009. So that was when I first started. And I started with just like an old janky soldering iron and um, burned on like some plywood or something that you shouldn't be burning on. Yep. I, I think so many of us have started there. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I definitely understand all of the beginners out there who are trying to make their way through um, figuring out how to get great results with your pyrography work. Um, but yeah, I just fell in love with it instantly. I had always been into drawing, so drawing was my thing, you know, um, and it just translates so easily to your heated drawing utensils. So um, it was just a really natural progression to pyrography. And then once I realized how versatile the art form was and how many like different types of things you could make with it, um, I, I really, really focused on it because I love making functional artwork and I love making um, wearable items. Are you so, wearing your, your own work right now? I your am, earrings? I am. Yes. You can tell, yeah. <laughs> these are my, these are my um, you know, like big fancy ones that I've kept for myself. Um, yes. Yeah. They're beautiful. So, yeah, I, I love making all, all different sorts of intricate um, wearable pieces. I find that to be really fun. So earrings and 
you've made some really fantastic necklaces and um what what other wearables do you like to do you tend to make yeah earrings and necklaces are the main ones but then i also do um leather work so i wood burn on leather so i do a lot of cuffs and things like that um so when, when you burn on leather is that a higher heat or a lower heat how does that work technically it's lower heat um, because leather is softer and more sensitive to the heat. So you definitely want to turn your temperature down and go slower and be a little bit more gentle with the leather. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun to burn on leather. Sounds cool. Mm -hmm. and, and does that, does that kind of make some different textures and techniques and, um, styles on the leather versus the wood? I do sort of tailor my designs um, to the material that I'm working with. And I feel like this is just sort of, you know, like an automated intuitive process. I think anyone that like whether you're working with something that's really light in color or something that's really dark in color, that's going to change uh, what you're able to put on it and, and what's going to look good on it. Um, and the same thing is with leather. Um, also with leather, you can't get um, the quality of detail and shading uh, that you can get on wood. You can still get some nice looking shading and detail, but it's just different. And bolder designs, I think, tend to look nicer on the leather. And then if you seal leather, which is recommended um, to um, help it retain um, its flexibility and everything, moisture sure. resistance and stuff, because you want it to last. Um, then it's recommended to condition the leather, which significantly darken <clears throat> significantly darkens the base color of the leather. So um, that's always something to keep in mind as well. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah. So, so you were saying you you've gotten into the wearable and the, the leather and the wearable jewelry. Um, what other stuff are you working on? Oh, I do all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I do a lot of kitchen wares. So I do a lot of spoons and spatulas and rolling pins and cutting boards and that um, definitely functional towels. stuff. Yes. Um, those are big sellers because, you know, people can eat can use them and they like kitchen decor and you know it's it's really a no-brainer because it's you can justify that purchase of something that you could use and it's not it's not just something pretty to look at but definitely I also love making fine art as well sorry what were you gonna say definitely can justify that but your fine yes. art go on oh just that um you know the thing that is also fun about wood burning is that it's not just a craft and it's not just for making like rustic stuff you know like some people think oh it's just rustic signs and cabin decor and it's like it can be sure it's it, you can totally do that if that's your thing but it's so much more than that and it can go so much farther than that so I like trying to push the boundaries of what you can do with pyrography by making big fine art pieces as well and I really don't have as much time to put into this as I would like um which is unfortunate because I have so many ideas of like big pieces that I want to do but you know that's not my bread and butter so I have to prioritize other things um but making fine art is so much fun and, and doing mixed media pieces and 
um, you know, combining, you know, paint and other mediums and stuff with wood burning and then just making like beautiful wall art. Um, it shows people that pyrography is a true art form and, and, you know, you can really do so much with it. It, it is. And you can, and, um, yeah, you've, you've got definitely some really nice fine art pieces. I'm flipping through your book and <laughs> there's, there's so many beautiful pieces in there. Thank you. Um, and, and I know that I've gone back to your book more than once. I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago and I've, every time I'm looking for textures, I've gone back to your book and pulled it out and looked at fur and feathers and ways of doing stuff there. Nice. I love hearing that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what kind of stuff inspires your art? I mean, if it's a commission piece or something that's a little bit more defined, but when you're doing your fine art, where do you get your ideas for those? Um, as many, many artists will say, um, the natural world, usually a lot of my pieces are based on nature, uh, plants, flowers, birds, natural patterns, bold colors, um, intricate um, designs, a lot of interconnectedness and um, high contrast. So yeah, that's, that's sort of where I end up going. Um, like if I have no direction and I just start drawing, it's inevitably going to be some sort of naturey mandala looking thing. Um, and you know, <laughs> that's, that's just, it just is what it is. So, um, but I do a lot of pieces with birds. I love birds, um, and, and flowers. So you can't go wrong. You, you can't go wrong. There's so many different types and species and varieties and oh yeah you could only burn burn birds and you could be busy for years i know yeah <laughs> i i would like to do more you know like series of intricate fine art that is just you know things that i love that i want to do and i think in time those things will happen. <laughs> so are you able to get like one passion project a month or are you, do you end up spending most of your time on commissions and you kind of those bread and butter ones? Yeah, definitely far less than once a month. I'm lucky <laughs> if like once a year I do a fine art piece um, because it's very time consuming to do one of those. I mean, spend a lot of hours on it and um yeah, I, I also used to do a lot of commissions and custom work, but I actually have sort of weaned myself off of that for the most part as well. I, I do do some custom work from time to time um, if it's something that feels really special or it's really in my wheelhouse or something. But um, for the most part, just because custom work um, is more draining uh, if I'm just being honest, you know, because it's taking someone else's creative vision. There's a lot of, I have a lot of pressure. I put a lot of pressure on myself to live up to what their expectation could be. Um, so, you know, and, and I've always had, you know, very good positive feedback from my, um, you know, customers who have ordered custom work and whatnot, but I, it's because I, I, I spend so much 
creative energy thinking about the design and planning it and mapping it out and and then I can't really after that's done transfer that to another project or reuse it in any way and so um, I'm trying now to protect my <laughs> precious creative energy a little bit more and um, find ways of sort of reusing the designs that I come up with and and um, yeah just just uh, make my efforts go farther so so that's sort of where I'm at in that sort of energy optimization <laughs> zone and um, I also have so much else going on in my life I have two children and we live on a farm and <laughs> so um, and we have other businesses and so it's like I just have so much going on. I wish that I could clone myself and be five people and then I could <laughs> I could do all the things that I want to do. Um, I, I completely understand I that. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. When there's all the things, but you know, if you slow down even for a minute, you're like, I need something else to do. <laughs> yeah. Or like, okay, you know, here's my to-do list. It's the to-do list of 15 people. So what can I squeeze into this like seven minute you know, space between this and this or whatever. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to practice what I preach and, uh, give myself a little bit more permission to have more balance. Give that space <laughs> and grace to yourself, which is uh, probably the hardest thing to do is to give that, give yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so when, when you're burning and when you're doing your projects, what kind of wood do you prefer to burn on? We talked a little bit about how you do leather work, but when you're on wood, what do you like to do? Mm -hmm. um, it, it will come as no surprise um, that basswood is obviously the <laughs> MVP of the wood world. Um, so, you know, anyone who is in North America will be able to access basswood very easily from your hobby stores. Canada, they have a little bit harder of a time, I've heard. Um, and uh, elsewhere, you'll need to ship it in. Um, but it's it's so great. I love the smoothness of it. It's light in color, so you can really make your designs pop from the background, um, which is really fun, especially if you like to do lots of little details um, or subtle shading or anything that involves realistic uh wood burning so yeah definitely basswood um but there's so many other great woods um definitely so many i mean i don't know poplar i love maple um different kinds of maple cherry is beautiful um yeah there's there's a lot of beautiful woods out there um including some exotic woods also Baltic birch, you know, is like that uh, Northern European sort of um, wood that is m massively available everywhere. Um, so that's a good one too, using birch. Yeah. 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 And, and where, so you were saying hobby shops and is there anywhere else that specifically that you source wood from? Oh, I've gotten wood from so many different places. <laughs> I mean, uh, just keep your eyes out, you know? Um, yeah, I, hobby stores do, are great. Do you um, do a lot of the, know, like, pick it up off the side of the road? 
No, I haven't picked any up off the side of the road. I have gotten some from like sawmills and other like woodworkers. Um, so if you if you know a woodworker, oh my gosh, be their friend because <laughs> they can hook you up. Um, because you wanna you wanna have nice like thoroughly dried wood. And the thing about getting it at a craft store is it's been kiln dried. So you know that you're not going to get something that's going to split the second you finish burning it. So um, that is definitely something to consider. Um, but yeah, um, hobby store craft wood, um, if it's basswood, um, not the super thin what is that stuff? The plywood. MDF. The, yeah, the MDF. And, and yeah, they have like yucky plywood. And or they've like, got, um, oftentimes it's, wood or... there's a pine that's really easy to get a hold of, but yes, not pine. great to burn on. Agree. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> avoid pine like the plague because of the resin, um, the sap that's in the wood. So yeah, I don't, I don't like to use that stuff either, but you can find good basswood um, in in the craft stores, and then you know there's also um, wood distributors online. Like it, you can find wood all over the place. So, um, and then I always keep my eyes out because sometimes you'll be in either like the hardware store or the grocery store or I don't know random places, and then there will just be like this awesome product and you're like, Oh, I'll try that, you know? Um, so just try things. That's what I always say. Yeah. And then what burner are you using? I am always using my trusty razor tip. Um, I have every model of razor tip. <laughs> um, but right now my go-to is this razor tip SE. Um, because, uh, it's great. It's a great tool. That's why I'm using it. But um, I have it because um, me and uh, several other artists got to collaborate on the packaging and it comes with a book inside of it with step-by-step um, -step projects. And so I got to create a project for oh, the Razor Tip um, So they sent me one and I have been using it every day and it's great. Um, but all Razor Tip tools are wonderful. Um, and I have lots of other tools as well. When I teach classes, I usually use the um, Walnut Hollow Creative Wood Burner tool um, because and that, I can't afford to have. That's the wire <laughs> nib one, or is or is that it the is. the solid tip one? It's the wire nib with the um, like tweezer tool that removes those. Yes, and I like it because. It has um, four different tip shapes, and uh, so it's a good variety when you're introducing students to the different tips and the techniques that go along with them and how you can use them differently and, and get different um, tech, different results, basically, on your wood with those. So I, I prefer that um, rather than one of the kind of less sophisticated ones, I would say. Um, just because for beginners it can can be easier to kind of associate the different tips. Sure, yeah, it's definitely a good tool to learn on, and it's it's the one that I'm still using as my daily driver. 
You use the walnut hello? The the creative wood burner. burner. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I, I'm impressed with it. I mean, I feel like it's a good um happy medium, you know, like it's not too simplistic and it's also not super expensive. And so, you know, it's like a happy medium, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you teach classes with that one instead of a lot of people will do it with like the VersaTool, the the, uh, economic version of it. Right. I just wanted something a little bit nicer. And I know that people love the VersaTool and get awesome results. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally not bashing the VersaTool at all because like I said, I have used everything, including a janky soldering iron. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I, I know that you can get really good results with um, something that is more simple. But I just, for classes, I wanted something that had, like, a unit. Um, and, and it's so and easy that, to, like, change the nibs in and out on that one versus exactly, having to wait for it to cool fun. down. Exactly. Yeah, because usually, like, if you're teaching a class, you you're on a limited timetable to like get your student oriented to the machine and then do your project and everything. And so um, you don't have a lot of extra time. So I, I needed something that was going to be easy. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. When you're burning, do you have, uh, well, you said you like to do some colors, what kind of colors and uh, supplies do you use for that? Yeah. Well, you have my book, so you know that I love India inks um, and also um, watercolor pencils. Those are my top two. Um, And there's a lot of other great coloring options, um, just plain watercolors, or um, you can get those liquid watercolor tubes. Those are nice. Um, You can use acrylics. There's so many things, uh, different markers too. You can use markers only if you have like deep burned lines that are going to stop it from bleeding everywhere. Um, but that's true with all of the, the liquids. <laughs> um, but yeah, India inks are just wonderful because they're light fast. So they're not going to fade in um, UV light. So um, yeah, I, I love using those and they're just very vibrant. So they're vibrant they soak into the wood really quickly and then they're permanent. Um, and so I can't say enough good things about those. And then um, watercolor pencils, I really enjoy using them as well. Um, just a different technique. So, you know, um, I like using the dry technique that I teach in my book, which is, you know, coloring with the watercolor pencils completely dry first and getting everything like layered up and everything. And then taking a, um, wet um paintbrush and painting water over top of it and then it all blends together and becomes more saturated in color um so that is the way that i like to do it um yeah but um using color on wood is wonderful and anybody who's a purist who wants to just wood burn and never experience the joy of adding color to the wood burning (laughs) you know that's your own personal choice (laughs) Yep. There, and, and people make great art that way. People make great art with the colors. It's, you know, everybody yeah. finds their style. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you're burning, what kind of safety items are you using? Great question. Um, I always use a mask on my face that has a carbon filter. Um, I also use a wood burning buddy 
which um, is a desktop carbon filter fan that sucks the smoke through a carbon filter and like blows the remaining stuff away from you. Um, and Razor Tip also sells one. It's the Razor Mini. It's smaller than the wood burning buddy. I have both, so I use them differently. Um, so yeah, and then ventilation. Um, here in my studio, I'm able to open up a door and multiple windows. So that's great. And using a box fan helps as well. So kind of a combination of all of those things. In the winter, it's definitely harder um, when I can't open the You don't want to open the doors because it gets a little cold out in North Carolina. It does. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've talked a little bit about your style, but do you want to talk any more about what kind of style of pieces you like to burn? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we talked about a little bit, you like the nature and then it's yeah. somewhat, it's, you've got shading in there. So it's somewhat realistic, but it's not fully realism. No. Yeah. I, I like to sort of combine realistic looking things with like bold patterns. And also I sort of like to do like a technicolor sort of thing on top of realistic looking stuff. So I sort of like, if you, you know, have a photograph and you mess with the settings where you can like turn the saturation really up and then all of a sudden you've got like red and it's orange and then, you know, yeah, I like that a little bit and sort of really play up the saturation of things. Um, yeah. And then I, I like to put some sort of like dreamscapey weirdness in there too. Sometimes um, I can't really explain it yeah. any more than that. Well, and if anyone <laughs> wants to check out be a style, make sure you go follow her on Instagram at be symmetry. Then you, then you can see it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what kind of online presence do you have? We've talked a little bit about your, you, you've got the school, you're on Instagram. Um, what, how much of your work day kind of are you spending on social media or online presence? Yeah. Um, I go back and forth. It really depends on what I'm focusing on in my business at that point, because I feel like there's seasons where I will spend a lot of time really amping up my um, social media presence or my email marketing or things like that. Um, usually that is because I am advertising for something that I'm doing or creating awareness around something cool that's going on. Um, so it's like during a busy period, I don't know. It's, it goes back and forth. There's, there's seasons. It really depends. I do spend a significant amount of time, I would say, um, on online stuff, um, whether that's managing my website, managing my Etsy shop, managing um, my email and social media and creating content for online courses that I'm doing. I mean, I do a lot, but a lot of it is also behind the scenes. Um, and so my forward facing presence, I would say is, is less than my daily, uh, time expenditure. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. That's definitely my largest social media uh, platform. Um, and I'm on Pinterest as well. And uh, I do have a YouTube channel that I haven't put as much energy into that I want to. I have a ton of ideas for YouTube videos. I just don't have the time right this moment. Understandable. Does, does yeah. some of those end up in the school then? Uh, some of the thing, or is there a different kind of ideas that you'd want to put in the school versus on your YouTube channel? They're definitely linked as far as the, um, the content goes and like what I want to share. Um, right now, because I've been so focused on creating um, Craft Your Biz right now, um, and last year I was really busy creating my wood burning master course, um, and I've just like put so much time and energy into those things, um, I haven't done as much of the free content but I, I definitely know that there's people out there who are um, not finding out about the other things that I offer because I'm not offering as much free content. So I need to find, um, you know, more space for that. And I, I definitely will. That's one of my 2023 goals is to be more present on YouTube um, specifically um, and just share more about wood burning and different techniques and you know, having handmade business and things like that, that are so great. And I love talking about them and I'm super passionate about it, as you can tell. Um, so yeah. Um, so I will be there more in the future. Yeah. And, and so your online courses and stuff, are those, do those end up being mostly recorded and then watched later? Or is there, has there been like with this craft your biz once a week thing, has there been a live element to that? Um, it hasn't been live like the way that you and I are speaking to each other right now. Um, but, um, it's been one module per week has been released. So I do have some students who, um, I, I pre-sold the course, um, and I said, Hey, this course is starting. I'll release one module each week. And if you're interested, you can get in on a discount if you pre-buy the course, which, which is how I, um, pre-sold it to my handful of students that I have and then um, some of them are following along every week and some of them just bought it because they're not ready right now but they're going to be soon and um, once the 12 weeks is over um, like every time I publish a module then it's it's just there permanently sure. so they can go in and access it and have lifetime and like look back at any of the modules that have been published so far and then um, revisit those anytime that they need. And there's a lot of, you know, like worksheets and guides and checklists and things like that, that help you go through the process of crafting your biz. So um, it's very helpful. And then there's, there's three more modules. So there's three more weeks to go. And so uh, by the end of May, it will be fully published. And then, um, and then after that, um, it will just be an evergreen offer that I have. That's cool. Yep. Um, and I'm sure some of, I'm sure lots of this is covered in your course. So feel free to like, <laughs> be like, and just go check out my course. But um, <laughs> it, when you're, when you're pricing stuff, how, what, what kind of stuff goes into your ideas on, behind pricing your art, pricing your courses? What how do you come up with that? Cause that's always such a difficult question to answer. 
It is. Yeah. Um, we totally just did an entire module on <laughs> pricing your artwork and I can't go through the whole thing right now. Cause it's like probably 90 minutes worth of pricing strategies and stuff, but, um, yeah, so much can go into it. There's not only, you know, your normal formulas that you have that are like, okay, you know, what are your costs of your materials and, and what's your hourly rate and your labor cost? And then what's your markup and are you doing wholesale or are you doing retail and what are your competitors or niche mates, um, charging, like what else is out there in that price range of for similar goods and what is selling well for other people and stuff. So you've got all this like market analysis stuff that you can go into, but also there's the customer psychology piece um, that is so interesting because um, human beings just naturally um, equate money and value. So if you're underpricing your work, people are going to not think that it's as valuable. <laughs> um, even though it may be completely stunning and amazing. So um, when you underprice your work, and that is far more often a handmade sellers are underpricing um, and being afraid to charge what they really should be in order to have a profitable business. Um, but when you undercharge, you're basically training your customers to um, expect less um, or not value the what work you've been as doing, much. sure. And it's it's just such a fine line because you'll have people like at a craft show again, like if if you go there and you've got your items set out and your prices, some people will see that item and say, oh, that's $75. That's too much. And other people will say, that's only $75. <laughs> you should be charging way more for that. And, you know, you, um, you gotta listen to what people say, but also listen to yourself and not like, think that every single person is correct when they give you feedback because someone they saying can't all be. <laughs> that's too much. It's like, okay, like you can't afford it. Um, but that doesn't mean that my work isn't worth that amount. And it's just, you know, it's hard because as artists and as makers of, of our art, um, a lot of ourselves goes into it. It's our creativity. It's our designs. It's, it's from our minds. It's from our hearts. It's, it's an offering from ourselves. And so, you know, it can feel like we're being rejected if someone doesn't like fully embrace what we're offering. Um, so that can be really hard, but you have to like detach yourself a little bit from that and look at it from some different angles, you know, when you're pricing your work um, and know that if someone is unable to buy your work or chooses not to, that's okay. Somebody else will. Um, so uh, that's, that's what I had to say, I guess, about pricing. Um, if you have any further questions, I can go into it more, but yeah, I could talk about pricing a lot. I have a lot of really great pricing strategies and, and actual formulas and reverse engineering your pricing and everything in my Crafter Biz course. Um, so yeah, it's good.
Yeah. Well, and, and we'll, we'll leave it there for now. If people want to, <laughs> if people want more, they can come check out your course. Sweet. Um, yeah. Well, let on, on that note, let's take a real quick break here and we'll be right back. And we're back with B-Lock of B-Symmetry. So B, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, how you were balancing and managing so many different aspects of your business and your family. And then what do you do to take care of yourself in all of that? (laughs) What a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) It's always Um, so interesting. How everybody it t- is, yeah, it is. Um, you know, it is honestly a daily practice to go with the flow of so many things. Um, I try and find as much joy in all of the craziness as possible. Um, I also try to be organized because the more chaotic things are, the less effective I am. So I take care of myself by creating order <laughs> amidst the the swirling storm of life. So does that look um, like making spreadsheets or does that look like dividing up your day and saying, okay, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there? A little bit of everything. Like I, ha- I, I have systems for pretty much everything. I like, um, yeah, I like there to be space. Um, and I also, I also try and like do things in the easiest sort of way, if I can, like, there's a lot of things that I do in my daily life that are really challenging or that like push me beyond my comfort zone or whatever. So anytime that I can, um, for example, if I'm, if I'm drawing designs or if I'm brainstorming and doing a lot of like mental thinking or whatever, I'll go outside. And because I have my youngest daughter with me every day, so we're, you know, she's my little sidekick. So we, we go outside and like swing in the hammock together while I'm thinking about stuff and writing things on a notebook. And I don't know, I just, um, you just find ways of, of doing it all, you know, cause it's like, otherwise I, I, I do spend a lot of time feeling stress. Um, I feel like that's just normal. Um, but I also zoom out and try to have a wider perspective about where I am in life as being a parent of two kids who are, one's very young, one's fairly young, um, and all that that entails and, uh, you know, running my business and all these other things that are going on. Um, it's definitely a lot to manage. So, um, I, I try not to let myself get too lost in the shuffle. I try to allow myself space to have other creative, um, things that I do that are not monetized that I just do purely for enjoyment. Um, I spend time outside in nature. We live on a 
a large piece of property that is just gorgeous and so we have water and we've got woods and we've oh. got big open pastures and so I can go exploring if I want to um and yeah I drink tea <laughs> you know like uh, and sometimes that's thing. you know you get your one cup of tea and that is the only time that you get yeah so I'm like all right if I have to sit here and do this and I've got deadlines well you know I'm gonna gonna try and try and bring some of that positive like sensory stuff into it and you know um, listen for the birds or have some music and have some tea and, you know, allow myself to have some, you know, goodness <laughs> in that moment as well. That's, that's amazing. I love the, that thought of finding the goodness in the moment. And are you able to, are there, I, you know, we all have good days and we all have bad days. And on those bad days, are, are you able to find that goodness? Do you have any strategies or um, ways that you look for it? Um, yeah, I mean, I am pretty determined as a person, like, um, and I feel like I, my discipline level, like, I guess, in the past decade, since I was younger and childless to now being, you know, having a nine-year-old, um, you just, you just like learn these, uh, these ways of putting your foot in front of the other one, you know? <laughs> um, and sometimes it is hard and sometimes you don't want to and this and that and the other thing, and you can make excuses and stuff and taking breaks is totally valid and you, you need to have that. Absolutely. Um, but I, uh, I tend to, more often than not, I tend to over, uh, overwork is not the right word that I'm looking for, but like, I'm more likely to do all the things, even if I am not quite feeling it versus the opposite of that. So yeah. for me, the practice isn't showing up for the things it's, it's stepping back. So, um, everyone's got their own like give and take with it. Um, but I would just say, yeah, um, giving yourself allotted time slots where, you know, you're, you're really focusing on something and then, and then taking a breath and having space, you know, that really helps. Um, if, if you're fighting against your schedule or, or, um, your workload or whatever, um, just finding ways to condense the tasks into their own container so that you're not in a constant state of, I need to do this, I need to do this, and and then never stepping out of that. Um, and whatever that container looks like for you, whether it's like a space, whether it's a, a, a point in time, um, whether you're setting a timer for yourself or, you know, driving to an office or whatever it is. Um, I feel like whatever you got to do, you know, to get through that is is good. 
yeah, that that's some great ideas and great to d- be able to delineate your time and your, you know, your thoughts and okay, right now this is my time to do this and I'm not going to worry about any of the rest of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to switch uh, gears a little bit here and play our favorite game here on Peak Pyrography. Okay. And that is the deserted island. All right. So as a as a wood burner, as an artist, you are dropped on a deserted island and you're left there with one wood burner, one type of wood, one nib, and then one other extra item for pyrography. What what are what are the items you're left there with? <laughs> I'm just laughing because if I'm on a deserted island, I'm like not concerned about wood burning. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, okay. Well, obviously my razor tip, probably the SSD 10 is my, my, is my machine. My, my best nib. Oh, geez. Maybe a writing tip. <laughs> Maybe I have like, I have several that I really love, so it's hard to pick one. Uh, favorite wood, basswood, and what's the fourth some, one? Some other item for pyrography or some other item that you take with you. Oh. I'd probably want a notebook full of um, empty tracing paper that I could draw on so that when I get off the deserted island <laughs> all the all the cool designs that I thought of while I was sitting there waiting to be rescued I <laughs> perfect <laughs> yes yes that's amazing and then I like to have a moment here where we um, talk about the community and we've mentioned how how supportive and how great it is and um, it, and I know that it's incredibly difficult to just narrow it down to three but if you could give three accounts that you think that all that listeners should go check out should follow should could could gain some value from who would be three accounts for you yeah um okay so i i did put some thought into these three accounts because i was like oh man who's gonna be listening to this and you know um i I love all of the pyrographers out there uh, in the social media world, and I encourage everyone to go follow all the pyrographers. <laughs> um, but I have three other non-pyrography accounts that are just wonderful that I have learned so much from and or been super inspired by. Um, so I wanted to share those. Um, the first one is Nicole's Neuroscience. Um, and her um, bio is using principles of neuroplasticity to teach mindset change. And her work is like life changing for, um, I don't know, understanding yourself better, understanding human behavior and your brain and how it works and how to change things about it and, and just understand people better. I feel like it encourages empathy. Um, so go check that out. That That's a good one. That just kind you know of, re- one? I, I don't know her, but I, you know, rewiring your brain and rethinking about different, just from a different perspective or the science side of it definitely sounds like it could be beneficial. Yeah. It's, it's, 
awesome. It's a great account. Okay. The other account, um, number two, is Clarabelle Talks. Uh, I'll have to, do you want me to spell that or <laughs> I can send it to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll get it from you after and I'll put a link in the show notes. Cool. She creates these hilarious skits that illuminate stereotypes and flip microaggressions. So um, a lot of her skits have to do with racial inequality um, or like gender um, stereotypes and stuff. Um, And so I don't know, I just feel like the work she's doing is so needed and, and like, Every time I watch one of her videos, I have a light bulb aha moment go off in my brain. Like, that is absurd because she flips things. She flips around, like, the normal, like, if it's a, a man and woman type skit, yep. flip it. And then the things that she says, it's like, that's crazy. Why do we, why is. Why is it acceptable one way and not the other? Like yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I just learned so much from her. Um, so I recommend that one. And the last one is an oil painter who is creating the most whimsical fantasy fairy tale, um, oil paintings with like the utmost skill. And she posts all these beautiful videos of her techniques. Um, and it's Annie Steg. Um, and her oil paintings are inspired by mythology and folklore. And so she does like a lot of like gnomes and like old, I don't know, like it's cottage core, but like in a really classy, like gorgeous way. Um, so go check her out too and be super inspired. And um, I just feel like, you know, if you're inspired and nourished in your mind and in your heart and visually, then you can create a better pyrography. <laughs> the, that's great. And I, those are some awesome accounts. And I, like I said, I'll link them down in the show notes so everybody can go check them out too. Um, um, yeah, the, I can't wait to go check those ones out. I think that anyone who sees them will enjoy them. Yeah. And then can you give us, um, and you've given us so much already, but is there like one tip or trick that you think is kind of a top tip for you? A top tip for wood burners who are starting out? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Mm. don't limit yourself by um, thinking that whatever you see that other people are doing is the only thing that you can do um, with your artwork. So I just encourage people to um, Think outside the box. Don't limit yourself. So just um, believe in your unique vision as an artist and trust yourself. And um, if other people are telling you that um, your work isn't 
this enough or this enough. Um, check in with yourself first before you believe it. That's, that is a fantastic tip. And I'm looking at the next question already and tripping over my tongue. I was going to say, what, <laughs> what are the big things that you've got coming up? Are there journeys that we can follow you on? Um, yeah, so um, I did mention that I do plan to be doing some YouTube videos this year. So if anyone wants to follow me on YouTube, then you can go, get notified. Go click that like and subscribe button for, for yeah. B and... Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and other than that, um, I, I'm going to be finishing up with Craft Your Biz very soon. And uh, that will be available for the public uh, to enroll anytime. Um, my Woodburning Master Course um, is also fantastic. That one is strictly woodburning related. Um, and there's tons of techniques in there exercises that you can do, um, tons of education where I explain everything uh, that you need to know to get really great at wood burning. Um, and that is always available. And I usually do one big sale per year on that. Last year was around Christmas time. Um, so I will probably be doing that this year as well. So people could look out for that if that's something that you want to check out. Um, and of course, the 10% off coupon for Peak Pyro uh, applies to either of those courses and any of the other educational content that I will be releasing on the Creative Woodburning School for the rest of this year. Awesome. So hopefully people can go and check that out and check you out. And um, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a lot Thank of you so fun. Much yeah, it's been great. Peak Pyrography is produced by Fetty Studios and Justine Fetty. Our producer and sound engineer is Kevin Fetty. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can share comments on today's podcast or suggestions for the future on Instagram at peakpyropodcast or via email at peakpyrography at gmail.com. That's P-E-A-K-P-Y-R-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y at gmail.com. Until next time, keep creating. I can't wait to see what you make next.